Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Nova podcast. My name is Ailish and I'm also known as the Nova Coach on social media. I hope you're all well and for anyone listening in the UAE, if you are a teacher, you may have had a week off or a couple of days off for half term last week. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we were lucky we got a full week off. Now, I do feel like we deserved it because we had a whole school inspection the week before. So it was um, a great motivator for us in school. And anyone who isn't a teacher, I know you would have had a public holiday as well last week. So a long weekend as well for people. So I hope people in the UAE are feeling good after that break. So for this episode, I really want to focus on bringing awareness around mental health and well-being in the workplace. I think it goes without saying and something that has been spoken a lot about in the last couple of months is almost the silver lining. I don't know, is it too is it too soon to say there's been a silver lining from the pandemic, but it does seem that way that there is a silver lining that mental health and well-being is becoming a much more talked about topic. And I feel like people are opening up a lot more and it does appear that there is becoming more of a focus from governments into investing in mental health and well-being into prevention strategies and addressing anything at the crisis point now it's going to be very slow but I think we're getting there and we're we're starting to realize that this is something we need to address so to begin with I want to share some uh, statistics that I found Firstly, I just want to give you a definition of mental health that's actually by the World Health Organization. Mental health is a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. So that is the official definition of mental health by the World Health Organization. So I got um, statistics from three countries, Ireland, America and UAE. I, I'll be honest, it was pretty tricky finding statistics that were quite current from Ireland. I'm hoping that's because they're actually finding new um, findings and getting new, new research. But um, the, the research in America was quite current And to be fair, the UAE, they had quite current statistics as well. So I got um, this following statistic from the Irish Times newspaper, and it was cited by the Central Statistics Office, which I'm sure people from Ireland will know. And they said that six in 10 people in Ireland feel their mental health and well-being has been negatively impacted by the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. The next one I have from America is from the Mental Health Americas initiative called Mind the Workplace 2021. And this was a report and it had loads of findings, but I'll just take one finding for you. Nine in 10 employees in America report that their workplace stress affects their mental health. And finally, this one is quite stark. So this I found on the Arabian Business website. This is about the UAE. And it was cited from a survey called the 2021 Cigna 360 Wellbeing Survey. And in this survey, it said 50% of employees in the UAE have expressed interest in changing jobs. And this next one, I just, I'm floored by. According to this survey, stress levels among the UAE workforce is among the highest in the world, sitting at a very stark 88%. That's huge. 88%. And the contributing factors that were cited in this survey were four. 
changes in work culture, i.e. working from home, excessive workload, high employer expectations, and a lack of mental well-being support available. Now, I think there is a huge gap at the moment in the UAE. Well, you know, anyone could argue, it's probably globally, to be fair, um, that there is a gap in addressing mental health and well-being in workplaces. So I just wanted to start and open with those um, statistics. It's It looks like it's across the board, to be fair. I did look at some UK statistics and I don't know why I haven't written them down. I'm apologising for that. I got loads of information from UK articles. I have to commend the UK. I'm actually, I'm very sorry I didn't get a statistic from the UK because I actually got the most information from UK articles. I don't know why I didn't take a statistic from them. But um, there was a huge amount of research, huge amount of like current articles written about this topic based in the UK. So I have to commend um, the UK for that. There was so much information that was current and it was fresh talking about this topic. So, um, you know, just have a quick Google if you're interested in that. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to split this up into two parts. Um, with how I'm going to, I suppose, unpack this topic. And I'm going to put it into addressing the company slash employer's role with bringing awareness into mental health and well-being into the workplace. And then I'm going to talk about the employee's role and how they can make sure that their mental health and well-being is being looked after. So there's it's, it's really a, a two-way street and... Um, If you are a business owner or you are aspiring to be a business owner, you might find the first half of this interesting where I talk about the role that you can play within your workforce, within your company, within your business. And then the second half um, of this episode will be about you as an employer, sorry, you as an employee, um, taking responsibility for your own mental health and well-being and what you can do to help your colleagues and help your friends in the workforce so yeah I hope you enjoy this podcast episode and please let me know if you think of anything that's interesting to bring to my awareness I'm always open to learn and um, yeah have open conversations about this I think it's really important that the more we talk about it the less stigma there is attached to it okay so talking about the employer's role the role of the business the role of the company bringing in a mental health and well-being strategy into the workplace and promoting it to be positive. Employers must connect what they say to what they actually do. So it's really important that when you have a leader or a manager in a company or business that they are also modeling what they want to see happen and it's all well and good creating really positive and really effective policies but they will only have great impact if they are modeled by the leader themselves and I think leadership have to take responsibility to really level up themselves and to develop their own skills to be able to be comfortable with having difficult conversations and to be comfortable with addressing topics around mental health and well-being in the workplace because if they're comfortable then the employee will feel comfortable also um so here are some ideas that i gathered from doing some research online that what anyone who is in a leadership position or in an owner Uh, position within their company what they could do to promote it so having um, an awareness around mental health having like mental health days really really empowering for people where they feel like they're in a safe space where they can share their stories Um, having a really impactful mental health training so within that training talking about mental health and well-being policies so you could have anti-discriminatory policies and leave policy so of course when you have an anti-discriminatory 
policy, you're creating a safe space for minority groups. You're making, you're, you're almost articulating without anything being said. You're acknowledging that there can be discrimination sometimes in the workplace. So having that policy in place can be really reassuring to your employees. And then addressing a leave policy. I think something that's really important to add into your leave policy is compassionate leave, but also having a clause in there that it can be subjective. I think sometimes when there are companies that create leave policy, it can be quite a hard and fast rule, really black and white, what it is. But I have seen over the years that employers can be quite flexible with how compassionate leave can be defined and what scenario would be granted compassionate leave. So obviously including leave policy in that um, well-being policies that you could create. The next thing that an employer could do is making employees feel supported. Once they feel supported, they are less likely to miss work or to underperform. And then when you're I suppose when you're fostering a staff who feel supported and you're making them feel that they are heard, seen and listened to, then what you're doing is you're creating a stigma free culture. And a stigma free culture is so powerful in a workforce because it's encouraging transparency it's encouraging openness so even when an employer is conducting a training okay or maybe they might get an external uh, person an external trainer in to conduct a mental health training if an employer or a leader or a manager shares a personal experience with mental health and well-being that can often encourage and also I suppose is encourage the right word it can reassure the employee that they are in a safe space to be transparent and open about their mental health and well-being so if it's been modeled again back to the modeling if it's being modeled by the employer that they have been through something or they have experienced it firsthand or through a friend or someone in their family that they that the employee can feel that they're in a safe space to address it with them as well or to share it with them in a private space. And that can be really impactful in a workforce. And I think it's showing the priority that the employer is holding for their own staff's health and well-being, which is so valuable and so important. So when you are possibly going to conduct a mental health training day or you're going to create an awareness day around mental health and well-being. Your leaders are going to become allies, okay? So if you are a leader listening to this right now, you want to become an ally to your staff, to your employees. And it's not just falling on the hands of human resources, the HR department. It's really important that the leaders are taking action within implementing a positive and effective initiative around mental health and well-being. Now, when um, you as an employer, when you are considering doing a mental health training or any kind of workshop, it's really important that you consider boundaries. And I think maybe I'll do, I could do a whole other podcast episode about boundaries. Often when we when we conduct trainings within the workforce, within the workplace, sometimes employees feel safer with an external trainer because they don't, they don't know one another. They know it's not going to impact, let's say, their appraisal or their performance management. And they could probably feel safe to share things a bit more personal to them in a workshop or in a training. And then they know that they probably very, very unlikely will be followed up on it by the trainer themselves. So just bear that in mind that often it's more effective to get an external trainer into your workplace to talk about something to do with mental health and well-being, to do with coaching, to do with mentoring. It is a very effective way and that is a lot to do with the boundaries and I think I might talk about boundaries further in a 
in another couple of weeks maybe in another um, podcast episode but that's something to definitely keep in mind when you're talking about um, implementing a change or a policy change or even just a training day the next thing an employer could do is to have flexibility with your employees now this is really tricky because of course as a leader as an employer you want to be fair but firm you want to show authority you obviously want to be respected which I totally understand but at the same time as your employees are now transitioning back into the workplace back into the office back into the schools back into where else would they be going into back into the restaurants back into the hotels as your employees are transitioning back in try your best to have some flexibility with the hours of returning so let's say like I think this would be most applicable to office hours where you could have remote working still as an option but maybe you could try and transition people in slowly into working full-time hours into the office and if it is possible I know it's a really um it's a really popular topic right now if it is possible you know you could give your employees the choice if they can continue to work remotely you know the advantage of working remotely is that you're expanding your opportunities to hire people from overseas who probably necessarily can't travel to your office but they're probably the right the right hire and the right candidate for the job that you want them to do but they're out of country so if you have that flexibility around hiring the person that they are allowed to work remotely it also benefits you as the employer that you have a much larger pool of people that you could interview for your potential job so keep that in mind also I know it's a bit tricky with teaching because I suppose really the schools are opening up and we're back to work we're back in school so this really doesn't apply to teachers at the moment but if anyone's listening and they work and um, they're working in an office environment and you are the employer do think about that there there is that um opportunity for flexibility that would also benefit you and to i suppose choose from a, a larger pool of people to employ um okay this one when the employees are beginning to get familiar with the mental health well-being in the workplace or the initiatives they will start to feel empowered to start their own because they could even start to become mental health champions. And then you might even encourage peer listening initiatives where, let's say, it it always starts from the top down with leadership in any workforce, in any workplace. And if a leader is modeling that it is openly accepted and it is a transparent space to talk about mental health and well-being, then what you're doing is you're empowering your employees to even come up with their own little initiatives themselves. So they could come up with something like meetups, buddy groups, um, physical wellness challenges. They could really get creative with it. But with you modeling it from the beginning, you're acknowledging that this is like accepted and this is okay. So that can really help employees to feel, again, like they're in a safe space and it's accepted. The next thing would be boundaries and then creating norms around communication and the responsiveness and urgency around emails and contacting people and replying to emails. So, again, this has to come from the employer. This has to come from the leader, from the manager, that there is an expectation that employees don't have to answer emails after work hours that when they're in work they focus on their work they focus on their emails that are coming in and then you could even have an initiative where you have one day a week where there's no meetings allowed where people just have a day that's completely focused on what they're supposed to do on their tasks that can be really effective for productivity and it can also um i think it shows that you you know meetings can be draining and meetings can often lead to kind of a stop start 
um, feel to the workflow when we all know when we're in flow sometimes you get a lot done than you would get done maybe in two three days when you're in that flow for that kind of like if you're there for a couple of hours or even like a half a day you could get really productive when there's no interruption so do think about maybe having one day a week where there's no meetings at all where it's a blank canvas for people just to focus and commit to their tasks and when leaders are modeling all of these things it makes the employees feel like they can truly do the same so let me give you an example if you are an employer and you want to create the healthy boundary that no one replies to work emails after hours. If you model that also, it makes the employee feel that they can also do it. So anything you wish to implement for the greater good of your workforce, for the greater good of your business, make sure you're modeling it first. So, pardon me so that your employees can feel safe to do it as well. Because if they don't see you doing it, then they might think, oh, okay, am I able to do this? Or is this just kind of something that that is said? So I think it's really important that, again, the modeling is so, so important to encourage and to to show that the employees can do it. Um, Supporting inclusion in the workforce is really important. So allowing the employees to share what work style helps them and what preferences they might have for the way that they work that shows that you're really listening as an employer and then providing resources on any topic that is needed when you're maybe bringing in a new initiative or you have new tasks that you are also making yourself available to share resources connection this one's a big one okay regular check-ins so we're in the year 2020 appraisals performance management meetings line management meetings they're all very popular and to track progress and also to track performance and I think within those it could be really beneficial to include mental health and well-being check-ins with those conversations and it could be it doesn't even have to be part of a performance management meeting right it could even even be something so simple as when you're passing someone's office door in the middle of the day in the morning on a lunch break and you could ask, how are you? And then that could lead to a very meaningful interaction. But as a leader, as a manager, as an employer, you should follow it up with, how can I help you? That could be really effective for your employee. So you're asking, how are you? And you're really just checking in. Now, I know myself as well, we all have the habit of, oh, hi, how are you? How are you getting on? Oh, yeah, good now. Yeah, no bother. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how was the weekend? And we, we brush it off. But again, like, it's been talked about so much recently. Simple three words, how are you? When said with intention, it could really lead to a meaningful conversation. And it can obviously bring that connection, right? And then as a leader follow it up with how can I help you and then what that shows is that you as a manager as a leader you're showing empathy but you're also showing authenticity that you're not just worrying about the task you set them yesterday or last week that you're you're really caring about them as a human you're really caring about them being and how they are and that can really just make a person feel valued in their workplace you know, um, it just, it can lead to such a positive impact in the morale as well. The staff morale can really improve. Um, I think with the recent pandemic, we have an opportunity right now within the workplace to use this opportunity to be intentional to create healthier, healthier workplaces. So there's this window of opportunity. And I know I spoke about it like a silver lining. I'm very aware. It could be too soon to call it silver lining because we're not completely out of the woods yet. But there is this window of opportunity right now that we could really grasp and be intentional to create a healthier conversation around mental health and well-being.
in the workplace because if we're doing that in the workplace you never know what domino effect that could have into families that if somebody is being encouraged to speak up about this in their workplace that then could filter through so many different family circles so many different friendship circles that you wouldn't even realize so the knock-on effect is endless and it's a positive one you know so I think having that opportunity to affect change in such a subtle way is is incredible another thing that you as an employer as a leader as a manager could do is to review job design and workload management so you could take a look at the roles and responsibilities of your employees and really see what is meaningful what is purposeful and then what is just kind of the fluff and looking at how you could design their workday to be more impactful for themselves and also to maybe scheduling more breaks more brain breaks again those mental health and well-being check-ins could be scheduled in more often even having like a meetup group or a coffee morning things like that where you're looking at the design of the of the the job and the design of the role and responsibilities even the design of the day the schedule itself so back to what i was saying actually at the beginning where leaders and managers could level up and to learn to be comfortable with having difficult conversations. I think what's happening right now in 2021, and especially coming out of a pandemic, employees have rightfully increased their expectations around mental health and well-being. And what that does is it raises the bar for the managers and leaders in the workplace. And then this is, again, providing an opportunity where the employer could develop the managerial skills and develop their people skills and develop how they're dealing with these topics. Now, the recipe for culture change for the future of our workplaces are, or this is the recipe, sorry, vulnerability, compassion, and sustainable ways of working. So it's really important that we're looking at the the topic of vulnerability is that being modeled by the leader where they are also being vulnerable? They're making a mistake and they're learning from it, but they're also not hiding it, that they're showing that they are um they are too they're human. They're not superhuman. Then the compassion, so, so important to show that compassion, speaking to a person from heart to heart and seeing the person for who they are and as another human on the human level. That is the the next real ingredient for culture change in a workplace and finally the sustainable ways of working so again that is relating to looking at the job design looking at the workload and seeing okay what is sustainable for for my employees to prevent burnout burnout is something that's really becoming a hot topic especially in education and of course healthcare for frontliners huge my goodness, I can't even imagine how the healthcare system is with burnout, actually, now that I'm just thinking about this out loud. I'd say it's just a massive issue. So looking at sustainable ways of working, of course, I know it's a much greater issue in the health department where it comes from funding and overcrowding and understaff. I totally get it. I'm not going to, I know I'm not going to solve that problem in this podcast episode, but the recipe for real culture change for your workplace right now are those three things, vulnerability, compassion, and sustainable ways of working. Another thing that you could do as an employer is learn to spot the signs of mental health issues. And if you do spot the signs of mental health issues within your workplace with any employee, that you are comfortable to signpost them to support, that you have a directory ready, you have a trusted um, network of people that you can refer them to because that shows that you care. But you know, like it is your responsibility to really do your homework on who you would trust before before you give out a contact. And just kind of in a very like caring way removing the judgment lending them 
an ear to be heard. Like often when people are having a really hard time in the workplace, they don't want advice. They probably just want to be heard. They want a space to vent. So if you as an employer can create that safe space for someone to be vulnerable, then, well, that is fantastic. And that's a credit to you. And it is so powerful to have as a skill to practice open ended questions. So that removes the judgment and it removes the need to feel like you have to problem solve right there and then. Because remember, often people, when they're talking about their mental health and well-being and they're in a vulnerable position, they're in a vulnerable state, they more than likely don't want to hear solutions or they don't want to hear um, advice. They just want to be heard. They just want someone to listen and you just listening can be so powerful alone. So those would be some ideas of what you can do as an employer, as a manager, as a leader within your workplace, how to really positively make a difference in the mental health and well-being space. I just want to add, why is it important for an employer to address mental health in the workplace? There's three reasons, okay? It encourages growth and development of your employees. Number two, it boosts productivity. And number three, it reduces the employee turnover rates. So those are three really powerful reasons for you to address mental health and well-being in your workplace. But it is also about you feeling comfortable and being in a space where you feel confident enough to address it in the first place. Because... I think as a leader, as a manager, as a business owner, if you can come across like you are confident, you are feeling secure in yourself to talk about difficult conversations, to talk about these topics, it again reassures your employees that you are trustworthy, that you are authentic and that you really care. So again, it's about you taking responsibility for yourself to address any hang-ups you have around this topic and that you are dealing with that in your own private space, in your own personal time, and you're learning about it. Educate yourself. There's so much out there right now on the topic of mental health and well-being. But you as a leader, as a manager, as an employer, you must take it upon yourself to take responsibility, to get comfortable with these topics. Because if you are dealing with people and you're leading people and you are addressing people's performance, it is so incredibly important that you're also looking after their mental health and well-being. So again, consider what I've said. It's not Bible. There is a, oh my God, like it, it's an absolute treasure chest online right now for any resources. There's so many powerful, impactful initiatives out there. And you could also have like a staff survey and allow people to get creative and offer ideas also. Have fun with it. So really, you know, give it a chance. There's this opportunity right now where you could be so intentional off the back of this pandemic to really make a change and to create a, a, a very positive change in your the culture of your workplace and use it don't let it don't let it slip away really catch it while it's flying right now and yeah I hope it goes well for you because I believe in you right now you got to believe in yourself and I know you can do it okay so an employee's role so now that we've spoken about the employer we're creating that context of we're hoping that you're in a workplace where it is beginning to get better and it's beginning to be a little bit more transparent and open and accepted to talk about mental health and well-being. Now, I think we do have to have some awareness and acknowledgement around this being a very slow baby step process. Nothing's going to change overnight. And I think for it to be effective, meaningful and deep change it will take time and it's a slow burner but I think that's the best way for it I think if we did anything that was really harsh and implemented really quickly with no thought it can I don't know it can kind of turn people off wanting to do it if something is tried and tested and it doesn't work out and then people might just get bored of it and they don't want to do it and then they get turned off by it because it hasn't worked out I think if you do something with meaning with purpose with intention and really taking it step by step that can create real change so now that we've spoken about that 
and hoping that again you're you're in this workplace that's really trying their best and you as an employee are being compassionate knowing that they are making those baby steps these are some ideas that you can take on as an employee to really again encourage that positive mental health and well-being environment and also support your colleagues so talking something so simple so so simple so I just touched on it there when I spoke about the employers asking your colleague how are you and then even if you wanted to ask your colleague how can I help you of course that's up to you and your workload and where you are with your own tasks but don't take on anything that you can't of course you know make sure that you're really filling your own cup first really important as an employee that you are filling your own cup first but even asking your friend in work how are you and really connecting with them and not saying it kind of blasé, which we're all guilty of, myself included. But I think being more intentional with those three words can be really impactful and can really, again, it could spark really interesting conversations. Um, for you as an employee, looking after your own mental health and well-being, looking after your physical health, eating well, moving, making sure that you're maybe having some time in the morning to journal or meditate or look at your goals or have some gratitudes carving out time in your day to look after yourself and to switch off from work we all know it's said all the time we all know it's really effective and another one is an employee and this could be a bit of a touchy subject but I think it's really important that we're mindful of the heavy party weekends that we have and that we're mindful of how often we have them how frequent they occur because listen we're all about having fun right we're all about having the crack but sometimes we could burn the candle at both ends and then we're going into work if you're in the UAE you're going into work on a Sunday morning at the beginning of the week if you're outside of the Gulf region anywhere else you're going to be going into work on a Monday morning and if you're really burning the candle at both ends, you're just catching your tail the whole week. And by the time you catch your tail and you kind of get back to yourself, it's coming up to the weekend again. So just kind of being a bit mindful of how often you're having those weekends. Now, listen, have fun. It's all about balance. It is so, so important. But just for yourself, recognizing and identifying, okay, am I having like, four or five weekends on the trot that are really burning the candle? Do I need a weekend just to kind of recenter myself and fill my own cup and just having that soul fulfilling, wholesome weekend of just like refraining from the hardcore stuff and just taking time for yourself? I think that can be really important for us to recognize and to recognize our own behavior patterns as well, because that can negatively impact our performance at work. And it could seep into our mood, our attitude, our decision making, the way we communicate with our colleagues and our leaders. It really can have a domino effect if we're not careful and we don't recognize it. So nipping it in the bud and just even if you wanted in the calendar in your phone, just map out like your mood throughout the, the few weeks or months and see does it correlate with the the weekends that you're having if they're nice and chill weekends or if they're pretty heavy and they're jam-packed just trying again recognizing your patterns and tracking it and it really bring awareness to your lifestyle habits and how it's impacting your performance at work making sure that you keep in touch so of course as expats especially here making sure that you're keeping in touch with your family and friends who are at home, keeping in touch with your friends that are here within the place you're living in, wherever you are listening around the world, making sure that you're making that effort to keep in touch with people. And, you know, you go for that evening walk or you go for the swim in the morning or you go for the swim at the weekend or you go for the coffee, the lunch, the brunch, the nights out, the drinks, I don't know, you name it. But you're keeping in touch, you're keeping connected with those around you that you love most that you feel like yourself in your your fun side or your centered self your authentic side having your hobbies outside of work whatever way it is to make sure you're keeping in touch with humans that you have that human connection which is what we crave especially coming out of a pandemic when we've had lockdowns especially I know Ireland had so many lockdowns 
having that human connection is so, so important. So making sure you are making time for that as well. Being brave to ask for help. So in the workplace, I completely understand that this can depend on the workplace. But more than likely, and I'm hoping that you are in a workplace that would help you if you needed help with anything, but also if you needed something more substantial where you needed time off or you needed some special training on something or you wanted to suggest a PD, really be brave enough to ask for help. And you never know, you could be the one person that's speaking what's on everyone else's mind. You know, it can be really hard to be that first domino to fall. I totally get that. But again, asking for help. The next thing is learning to say no as a full sentence. So this comes back to the boundaries. This can be really difficult to do in the workplace. I think especially in teaching, it can be really hard to say no as a full sentence or um, to create a boundary of what you're willing to do and what tasks you're willing to do, especially in teaching. I think it's really difficult to do that, but it's possible. So learning to know where the boundary lies and learning how to say no, even for yourself, even with the dynamics at work within the staff and within your friendship groups, making sure that you're filling your cup first and you're really putting yourself first. Okay, if there's conflict happening in the workplace, take a moment to do a couple of things. Have empathy for the person on the other side of the conflict, whatever side you're on or if you're in a neutral place with it and you're not involved. Just try to see it from the other person's perspective, from both sides, okay? Then, if it's making you feel really distressed and it's causing you stress and anxiety, remove yourself from the situation. And also, if you are given the opportunity to present solutions, be solution-focused instead of focusing on problems. So... In the workplace, a staff room could really, like, it can be a really toxic environment if you're not careful. So really nipping it in the bud and holding other people accountable if there's, like, negative conversations going on in the staff room, if there's a bit of gossip going on. Either remove yourself from it or, in a lighthearted way, try and hold people accountable and be like, okay, come on, lads, let's not talk about that person behind their back like that or... Um, we don't know the full story. Let's not talk about this. We shouldn't be talking about it so openly. Staff rooms could be, and they do have the potential to be quite toxic when there are people gathering and it's it's maybe breeding the gossip and it's breeding the rumor mill. I think it's really important that you take it upon yourself to either remove yourself from that or to hold people accountable. But also, if you're involved in conflict, You take a moment, you breathe, because always taking a moment before you react can actually help you just to respond. There's a difference between reacting and responding and also being solution-based focused. So if you disagree with something, disagree, but present a different solution. Make sure that you're coming with a different alternative. And that could be more than likely more more feasible. It could be, uh, there could be room for compromise on the table so so important the next thing is learning to take a break so again learning to switch off after work at the weekends when you have time off like we had last week learning to switch off taking that break that we need I think we push ourselves to the to the limits often and I think in education I can speak for education just because I'm a teacher in education we can definitely push ourselves to limits And it's not until you hit a wall, you realize how far you've pushed yourself. So just being aware of your own limitations, being aware of how far you can push yourself. And even if you have a friend or a colleague at work who you can notice a pattern of like, you know, they're 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 looking tired, they're looking drained, they're stressed out, just like in a very kind way, just like pointing it out to them that, look, you know, I'm noticing that you're really going the extra mile but you you could potentially be heading for a bo- burnout if you're not careful 
and just being that friend to just point things out to people because often we have blind spots right we all have blind spots and if you could be that wing mirror for someone do it take that opportunity and help someone out um okay next one is a nice one acceptance you as an employee be proud of who you are be proud of how far you've come my god you know um you've survived a pandemic you've got through the worst of it hopefully we're all hoping that we're outside we're out of the worst of it but just having that self-acceptance that self-love and that self-worth and really working on you as a person seeing that within yourself and being proud of who you are when you wake up in the morning looking yourself in the mirror and just really acknowledging yeah I am amazing and I am proud of myself and look how far I've gotten in life. Look at all of I, all I have achieved. Now, within that same breath, we are not the sum of our external achievements. And I think it's really important that we learn that, that we are, we are also finding that self-worth and self-love and self-acceptance internally, where it's not dictated by our achievements externally. But just really again carving that space out in the morning for you just acknowledging yourself for five seconds in the mirror after you brush your teeth look at yourself and just say I'm proud of myself yeah look at me I'm doing it I'm smashing my goals I'm achieving my dreams and remember you are in this moment in time as you listen you are right now in a space doing what you once wished for just remember that you once upon a time wished for what you're living right now. And I think we forget that so much because we're all about goals and myself included, myself included, we're all about goals and looking ahead. But we often forget that the moment we're living in right now is a moment we once upon a time wished for and had in our vision board and had in our journal. And we're here, we're living it. This is like, we've made it happen. We've manifested with hard work and action so just take that moment of acknowledging yourself right now the next thing is as an employee knowing the time and place to talk to other colleagues about their mental health and well-being okay so again I suppose going back to the example I gave there where you might spot a colleague of yours who could be headed for burnout who could be really looking distressed and they're they're burning the candle at both ends okay so if you can identify that and you can see that within your colleague or your friend know the time and place to talk to them about it it's not the best time to talk to them about it as they're headed into a meeting it's not the best time to talk about it as they're just about to teach a class okay or they're headed into an assembly I'm just using an example of what would happen in a, a school environment but making sure that you even just say to them oh will we have lunch together today for half an hour or will we sit together in the canteen or um do you want to grab a coffee after work something that will prompt the conversation but also that you're giving someone the space that it's not feeling rushed because if you think about it from the other person's perspective there's nothing worse than someone asking you how are you with intention but then they are in a rush, so they don't even have time to listen to your answer. So that can almost diminish the meaning. It can diminish the intention and it can, the value isn't there. So making sure that if you are being intentional and you want to ask someone, how are you? And you want to really carve out the space for them to share that you are really aware of the time and the place to ask them really aware and of course really protecting their confidentiality and making sure that whatever is shared is not repeated even if they don't say it I think it's really important that you just respect that out of integrity that you know you understand these are private matters that someone is sharing with you and you're not going to repeat it unless of course they're really going to do themselves harm of course then you get external help or you suggest the seek help in a professional manner but just making sure you know and you are aware of the appropriate time and place the next thing um to help your colleagues for you as the employee in your workplace is to have that active listening skill so have you ever listened to someone telling you something and you zoned out 
my hand is up. Totally guilty of that. And within my coaching training, we learned about three levels of listening. So there's level one, which is we're listening to our mind, the overthinking. Um, we're thinking of maybe what we need to do after school, after work, or we need to text this person back, or we need to arrange this Zoom call. We need to collect the laundry. I need to go to the shop on the way home. Things like that, right? That's level one, when you're listening internally to your mind chatter. Level two is when you're actually focused completely on the other person talking and you're actively listening. You're looking them in the eye. Your body language shows them that you are actively listening. You're not opening your phone. You're not... um looking around you and saying hi to passers-by. You really are focused on the other person. That's level two. And then level three listening, which is really interesting, which we learned in coaching, is all about being aware of the surroundings and how that might impact the person who's speaking. Now, that's more of a, a coaching skill and a coaching technique, but making sure that you're looking at the level two, you're really, when you're when you're asking someone how they are and you're asking with intention and you really care about them, that you're, you're giving them that space and you're showing in your body language that you care and you want to hear them and that you're not listening to that internal chatter, that you just let go. And often when we let go of that, we're more present with the other person and we're able to be more connected and it's more sincere and it's an energy thing, right? Do you ever feel like when someone's really present with you, you leave the conversation and you're like, oh God, they're so sincere and so genuine. Like I felt really connected to them, like they really got me. That can be because they were so present with you that they really just let everything else around them just fall away and that you were their center. You were their center of their focus. That is showing you that they were really actively listening to you and they were in the present. So if you've ever felt that leaving a conversation with someone, then you could be that to someone else. I hope this makes sense. Um... The next thing is when someone, a colleague or a friend, when someone is sharing with you that they are struggling, that they need a bit of help or that they just want someone to listen, it's so important that you as the listener are managing your emotions. I'm going to explain why, okay? So this is really, really important, okay? When someone is in a place of vulnerability and they're really sharing something so personal okay and they're sharing something that they perhaps have not told anyone before or they've only told one or two people and they're really going out of their comfort zone they're really being brave by sharing this with you it's really important that you don't share any sign of surprise or judgment it's so important because that can, so, okay, if you show signs of judgment, that can make the other person feel shame. It could make them feel guilt. It could really make them retreat and they won't share again. And also if you show surprise, it can make them question and doubt themselves. So it's so important that you, as the listener, again, this is a coach skill, that you as the listener are not showing any signs of surprise and judgment, that you are really connected to them, you're in the present moment, it's active listening, but you're not showing any signs of emotion. Now, of course, it can be really difficult because you might get upset as they're talking. And listen, emotions are emotions. But if you can try your best to really manage your emotions and just be as centered as you can, when you're asking someone how you can help and if they are okay and if they decide to open up with you and they decide to share something then as they are sharing okay it can be a, a bit tricky to navigate if you're going to start giving advice so I would stray away from giving advice because you really don't know you don't know how this could be taken so what is a really good um thing to do is to ask them so what do you want to happen What's your next step? What are you thinking? And what you're doing is you're you're not projecting any of your own opinions on them. Again, you're just not susceptible then to giving advice, which can be quite murky water to be in. So just really be mindful of that. Like if you're going to ask someone how they are and you're going to ask them with intention, connect with them, be present, 
be aware of the language you're using, you know, don't have those signs of emotions, especially surprise and judgment. And instead of handing out advice, which I know we all would be very um, quick to do, it would be our knee-jerk reaction, just take a moment to breathe and to kind of hesitate a moment and just say, okay, what do you want to happen? What's your next step? Where would you like to go from here? And you never know, they could end up with their own answer and they could end up actually finding a solution. Again, I go back to the point, sometimes people just want to be heard. People want to be heard, seen and loved. That's what people want in life and connection, you know. Another thing, lastly, that I would love to mention is for any employer or employee listening out there, if it is at your disposal, disposal, if you are given the opportunity do first aid training in suicide prevention. Take that opportunity. It is so valuable. I did it here last year with Darkness into Light Abu Dhabi. And it was so really powerful, but also like I learned so much. I really did. And it helps me in my everyday life. It helps me when I'm dealing with clients. It helps me just to kind of spot signs of things that Um, I wouldn't really have known how to put the language around because, you know, you have to really be careful with how you say things. And again, removing that judgment, removing that emotion, but also showing that you are comfortable with the uncomfortable, that you are comfortable with difficult, hard conversations and you're not going to shy away from it. And you are there for that person. You are there for that um, listening ear. So if you ever come across the opportunity to do a first aid training in suicide prevention and to learn about the language that is needed, I highly, highly recommend you taking that opportunity. It was only a couple of couple of hours training here last year. And I'm sure if you do go onto Darkness Into Light website in any of the Darkness Into Light, Into Light communities around the world, I'm sure they would offer it through Pieta House. And there could be other organizations that offer it also, but that could be really valuable. And it would be a really powerful tool for you to have just to bring awareness for yourself, you know. So there you go. That is my podcast episode on mental health and well-being in the workplace. There's a lot there and I hope I've covered enough to kind of give you something to take away, something something to think about. Please, please share this with your colleagues, share it with any fellow leaders, fellow business owners, fellow managers, really get the conversation going right now in this coming hopefully again I'm hoping that we're coming into the end of this pandemic as we enter this next phase we have a crucial crucial opportunity to really grasp this right now and to be intentional with making effective change in how we talk how we deal with mental health and well-being in the workplace and really encouraging healthy staff morale positive staff morale showing that it's socially acceptable to talk about these topics now and people feel safe and valued and cared for. And of course, that's going to lead to a happier workplace. Who doesn't want that? So again, I really hope you got something from this episode. And remember, you are worthy, you are loved, you are enough. And share that with your friends and family as well in your workplace. Like we all want change in the world. And I know that there's good in every single person in this world. Sometimes we get a bit lost on our way but there is good in every single person and see that within the other person as well. That's all my talking for for, none, for now. Um, the song that I want to share for this week would be Dermot Kennedy's Better Days. I know that's his most recent single that came out. I think it came out maybe over the summer, but it's just such a beautiful song and it's so relatable to what we're going through right now. But I really think it's so true that better days are coming and it's amazing and who doesn't love Dermot Kennedy he's incredible I've yet to see him live he's on the bucket list for sure um so yeah that's it I'm gonna leave it there and let me know if you found this helpful if you got anything from it please let me know if you have anything to share that would also benefit people in the workplace I'd be happy to share that on my social media I'd love to have more conversations about this if you feel like it and yeah I hope it helps people it's time for us to make the change. Be the change you want to see in the world. Be that domino that falls. You never know what could happen next. Be brave. All right. Talk soon and stay safe. <laughs>